Welcome to Texas Trailhead Podcast numero 10. That's uh, number 10. It is going to be a state park that I just visited. I don't normally record these right after a park, but I was really excited to talk about this place because I simply fell in love with it. I really, really enjoyed it. It's a state park out in East Texas. It is going to be Tyler State Park. And I'm really excited to share everything that I loved about it. But I also just want to take a moment and thank everyone that's been listening. And thanks for everyone that was patient with me skipping a week. I started this right at the end of December in 2019 and pretty much recorded a episode every week since I started. And this is something I do for fun. I started the Texas Trailhead because I felt that if I could share my love of the outdoors and why I started hiking and why I I really needed to spend time outside, then maybe I could help somebody else kind of get through a tough time and 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 spend time outdoors and maybe get them to to clear their head a little bit and feel a little bit less stressed out and a little bit less anxious. So I, I hope some people have found that to be beneficial and I hope some people have started to feel a little bit better. But you know, that's just one segment of hiking and 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 making people feel better with their mental health and there's so there's there's so much going on right now and and last week there was just there was some some bigger things going on in the world and i just didn't feel like that recording a podcast was something that i could do and give it my all with everything that was going on and i have i have some discussions about that week coming up in some future episodes and and giving and giving some some people a forum to to talk about organizations that they have that I really think are going to be special and important so I can't wait for y'all to stay stay tuned for that but thank thanks for sticking with this podcast and sticking with me and and letting me share my stories and I, I hope you enjoy this episode and and we're gonna keep going I'm hoping to still keep on with the Uh, episode per week but i will let you know if there's any changes to that and if anyone's interested in in sharing their organizations or stories from the trail i i just kind of like to talk to people if you've heard any of my other interviews i just enjoy talking to people about how they enjoy spending time outside so definitely hit me up on the the app that i use anchor.fm or just on my Facebook page, that's just facebook.com, the Texas Trailhead. And if you if you have a story you like to share, just let me know. We can and we can try to make it work. So, uh, without further ado, uh, please enjoy Tyler State Park. Welcome to the Texas Trailhead Podcast. Join me, Danny Laurel, as I share stories from the trails around Texas and more. I'll also talk about my favorite gear to use, camping tips, and feature interviews from others who enjoy the outdoors. So grab your backpack and put on your hiking shoes. This is the Texas Trailhead. So even though 
I lived in Houston for a long time. That's technically, I guess, Southeast Texas. And I've never really been to East Texas proper. I have a few buddies that live out out that way. And I was going to go on a trip with my family a few years ago. And then I realized that during Halloween, one of the, the small towns out there does this really big festival in October. And all the B&Bs were taking up. And we just we just really couldn't make it work. But with everything that was going on with the state parks, I was planning on taking a trip by myself, which is something I've been doing for my birthday. And right when I had planned to take a trip to go camping, Texas State Parks had announced a full shutdown. So the state parks weren't open at all. And at that time, I kind of just, everything was starting to feel a little bit more serious. And I was getting a lot more anxious about being outside of my house. And so it kind of worked out for the better because I would have hated, I talked about this a few episodes back, but I I would have hated being out away from home and then something bad happening. So fast forward a few weeks later, the Texas State Parks had announced that reservations were opening back up and they were going to be for summertime. So a lot of people online were confused about they were trying to make reservations for October, November, and they couldn't, but they didn't read the fine print, apparently. So <laughs> reservations are only open for the summertime. And the morning that they were reopened, I decided to make reservations. And the state park that we decided to go to was Tyler State Park. And I opted to not record last week for many reasons that I'm not going to get into in this exact um, second. But one of the reasons was we were leaving on Friday morning, and I didn't want to feel rushed with this podcast. And I I just was in in not a right place to work on a podcast and and focus on some of the other more important issues that were going on at the time. So we, we went to Tyler State Park this most recent weekend as of the recording of this episode. And I really, really loved it. And I've put out a few pictures on social media, and if you're on my website, you can read the full review for Tyler State Park, but I really, really enjoyed it. And it was the first time that I got to camp with my daughter and my wife, and so because of that, we wanted to make it enjoyable, or I wanted it to make it enjoyable for everyone. So one of the other reasons why we decided to go to Tyler State Park was because they have cabins, and that's another post that I have if it's basically just a post of all the state parks that have cabins and it fit that bill. And it was also a, a CCC park. So it kind of hit all of these markers. So we decided let's just do it. So I made the reservations. We, we opted to do a cabin for two nights and we all went out onto East Texas. And when I travel someplace, that I've never been to, I typically like to go the back roads. And that's what we did. It took us kind of around Austin and then 
I can't really explain it. The weird thing about the trip was it was only like 326 miles, but miles, but it took uh, four and a half hours to get there. And even if we decided to go on the majority of the interstate, it still would have taken forever just because of where where uh, Tyler, Tyler, where uh, Tyler State Park is at. So no matter what, it was going to it was going to be a little bit of a journey. But thankfully, everything on the way was really pretty. And even the small towns were kind of neat. You know, I drive a lot to Houston to visit my folks and and drive around this part of Texas. And so you sometimes kind of don't appreciate the small things as much. But whenever I drive places that I've never been to, I really want to look at everything, (laughs) which is which is funny because I typically am the one that's always driving. I just enjoy driving my 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 Outback. Um not a sponsor, but I love my Subaru Outback. And it's just a comfortable ride. So I, I always enjoy driving. Anyways, I like to look at things. I like to stop at the Texas historical markers. Anything that catches my eye, I'm I'm really interested in. And this drive was like that because I've never seen any of this stuff before. The way back was funny. We went the exact same way, and it was the same time frame, but it just felt much quicker because I had already seen all that stuff. And that's kind of that part where you don't really appreciate it. And some of the signs that I remember seeing on the way up, thinking like, oh, this is pretty red. I didn't even notice on the way back, you know, we were we were kind of snacking and just kind of cruising around and 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 they were my wife and daughter were kind of pooped from the weekend they swam a lot uh, but the drive there was really pretty and you can totally tell the difference as you get out of central texas and make your way into east texas proper we're used to a lot of the oaks and a lot of the mesquite and a lot of the open kind of ranch land that is around the area and when you get into east texas the trees begin to thicken up and the green begins to get a little brighter and you definitely feel like you're in a different part of town whereas when you go down to the valley or down to the coast or into west texas you you can feel when you're in those parts of texas and you can definitely feel when you're in East Texas. And East Texas is also known for having a lot of water, a lot of little lakes that are all all around the area. And the route that we took took us directly over Lake Palestine or Palestine Lake. I forgot what the order is. But I specifically chose this road because I wanted to go over the water. Unbeknownst to me, how big that freaking lake is (laughs) and how many times... We were going to cross the dang thing, and it felt like, whoa, that's amazing. And then it was a little bit of gra- ground land, and then we crossed water again. It was, I felt like how you go when you're going into New Orleans and, and you're in, in Louisiana and you're passing on that kind of low road and you're driving on the water. So that was kind of cool, too. Getting into the state park was really neat. It was kind of off the highway. You have the... I don't know. The landmark that was there was the uh, bodacious barbecue that was there on the corner. And then you go down the road and you kind of curve around a little bit. And then you have the, the, the park 
convenience store, which I'll get to in a second. And then you see these stone walls on either side of the road and carved out has the Tyler State Park words. And that's what greets you when you go in. And then you drive down the road a little bit. And because we're still in a little bit of the um, restrictive entrance, there was a line. I don't know. I mean, you. I think you get checked in normally. That, that was a bit of an exaggeration. But there was definitely some people there waiting to get in. We checked in and we got our key and we got to the cabin. We're looking around a little bit. We wanted to just kind of put our stuff down and then do a quick drive around the park to kind of get situated. And we parked and I'm at the door and I put my key in the cabin key keyhole and it, the door's not opening. And I'm like, okay, well, some, you know, funky, funky cabin stuff. So I look at the key and we were given the wrong number. We stayed in cabin six. And uh, we got a key for cabin five. All right. No big deal. Let me go to the entrance. So I go back to the headquarters. I says, you know, hey, we've got the wrong key. Uh-huh. And uh, I go back to the cabin. I have the right key. Stick it in the key. Turn it. It. I hear it unlock and I'm turning the, the, the handle on the doorknob. It wasn't a round doorknob. It was one of those handle styles. And I'm kind of pulling it, and the door's not opening, and I'm looking at the key, and I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing wrong, and I'm kind of wiggling the door a little bit, and I kind of nudge it with my shoulder, and then the door opens. Like, yay! Super exciting. The cabins are rad. So the difference between the cabin and the screen shelter, everything's the same, except for uh, the, the cabin is kind of enclosed, and you have the bed. It's a queen bed. You have the table. And then you have a fridge, a microwave, and a air condition. So that's the main kind of, I mean, all of those conveniences. And so we're unloading. Everything is uh, going fine. Get everything out of the car. And I'm still a little anxious about the door. So I'm, I'm going out and closing the door and trying to open it. It's not opening. And I'm kind of wiggling it and might have my daughter inside to open the door for me. And, and you know, after that long drive, I was like, I, I don't, I don't want to deal with this right now and so we call the front front (laughs) the front desk we call the headquarters and and they send somebody from maintenance over and um i I see him pull up we had eaten because we were all hungry and i finished my sandwich as he pulls up and i go outside and i I close the door and he's like you gotta lift it up and i i didn't understand what he was saying and then he walks in and he's like, yeah, you got to lift the door handle up. And I was like, oh, okay. So we left it up. And then he's kind of looking at it. He's like, oh, it's definitely loose. I can't replace it. We can put you in another cabin or you can just keep trying to, to do it with the up, up handle. And I, at that point, just wanted it to work. And I think my wife was a little bit more interested in switching. So they had six cabins. But one of them they always keep as an extra one. They don't ever reserve it for, I guess, instances like this. And the 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 fellow who helped was super nice. And he was saying that they were actually in the process originally of replacing all of the doors and all of the locks. But with the COVID-19, all of that got delayed. So it didn't happen. 
no big deal. It wasn't the end of the world. They had a cabin available. And the thing was is that whenever I made the reservations, it I went back to look because I was thinking, well, maybe I want to do another one. And they were all booked. But the weekend that we were there, out of the six, only two other cabins were reserved, and they were the same family. And the other, I don't know, two or three, I'm, I'm, I've lost count, but the the – it was us and that other family, and that was it. None of the other cabins ended up being reserved. So, it, and I couldn't tell if they were or not. It's not like on the campsites now that you see they have that little flip, that little flip card where it just flips over and you have the big R for reserved. We were given a little strip of paper that we put on the um, like a clipboard clip in the front of the cabin. Uh, but anyways, we we got the cabin, we got settled in, everything was cool. But the whole time that we're unloading. There's these raccoons that are um, kind of just hanging around. They're just seeing what we were up to, checking out the food. And when the the gentleman was helping us with the door, my wife had asked him about the raccoons, and uh, he was like, "Well, you know, they're 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 pretty pretty gnarly." And he was saying that apparently in the cabin section, a lot of people have been feeding them. And so they're just like hanging around, hanging around. And um, we noticed at the previous um, cabin that we were at, somebody just threw all this like leftover watermelon. And so they were had just feasted on it. And by the end of the weekend, there was nothing left. So... Yeah. And then the family that was next to us had a bunch of little kids and they were feeding the raccoons and it was, uh, yeah, they never left. And thankfully, you know, because we had the cabin, we left all of our food in inside, but they were, they could smell it and they were kind of hanging around. So that's, that's the accommodations. So Tyler State Park has something for everyone. We did cabins because we wanted everyone to be comfortable. But they have the screen shelters. They have campsites that are just for RVs. And they have two to three sites that are for tent. And then there's one that's tent and RVs. So whatever the situation you you want to stay, they have something for you. And you're surrounding the Tyler State Park Lake. So everything kind of goes around the circle, just like Bisher State Park. But this is a lot more popular of a park, so there are a lot more campsites. But as opposed to Inks Lake State Park, you don't feel as crowded here. And mostly because at Inks Lake, it's super wide open and you kind of just see everything. But here there's so much green and there's all these trees and you still, I mean, the RV sections, it is what it is just because you're in these big RVs and you, you're going to kind of just be next to each other. But we drove through a lot of the other campsites and they were, they looked really comfortable. And we definitely, we don't have a camper or an RV, um, so that's not really an option for us. But there was definitely some some things that we took note of. If you're looking to stay in a cabin, there's only the one cabin area, um, and it's a loop, and it's kind of away from the water. If you want to stay close to the water, everything is pretty much around the water besides the cabins. But we felt, if you're making a trip, the Dogwood camping area, we drove into it, and everywhere you could camp, 
was really, really pretty. And you had great views of the water. And it's a small little loop, and they're all really close to to the water. And the cool thing about the water is there's a trail that pretty much goes all the way around the Lakeshore Trail. And so you can just kind of hop on it and walk around. And But going back to the camping real quick, there, there's definitely something for everyone. And there was a ton of kids. Um, they had all their bikes. And just everyone was – it didn't feel crowded at any point, even though I know it was pretty busy for the weekend. So when it comes to camping, there's definitely a lot of places to stay here. And you're you're not going to feel – crowded and you're going to have something for everyone so when it comes to trails there are a lot of trails or there's a lot of mileage here i guess and and just on average it felt like it had a little bit more than i'm used to uh the the main four trails are all named after the first four letters of the alphabet. So it's A, B, and C, and D. And these are going to be hiking and mountain biking. And they have a quick little mountain bike hiking rule. Mountain bikes go clockwise and hikers go counterclockwise. And so those are the four, the the biggest ones. And then you have a, a few different options. I already mentioned the Lakeshore Trail. And then you're going to have the Whispering Pines Nature Trail. This one was awesome. This one actually starts at the cabin camping section. Um, And you can also jump on it at the headquarters. But it's an interpretive trail. It has a bunch of the signs that kind of explain some of the plant life that's there out on the trail. And it, it was an easy trail, but it wasn't... It wasn't... I mean, I recommend it for beginners, but there was definitely some, a little bit of terrain changes, but it, it was, it's not what I think of when I think of like an easy trail. It it definitely gave you an experience that felt like you were doing some hiking, I guess. You know, some people have their own kind of interpretation of what it means to hike. And if it's too easy, it's not really a hike. Um, but you know, I definitely felt like you got to be one with nature. And the cool thing about the Whispering Pines Nature Trail is that there are a handful of different CCC projects that are here. The ones that I remember offhand are the wading pool that's not really in use anymore, but there's a stone border, I guess, you know, in the 40s and 50s. When you're waiting to check in, you can kind of run down there and jump in the little wading pool and cool your feet off a little bit. There is the small little, there's the little creeks that go through it and all of the, there's a waterfall, a man-made waterfall that's there, all built by the CCC. And so there are these things that are here as far as the CCC goes in this place specifically. But some of these things like the the work on the on the creek beds that you're going to see throughout the park. And so these trails really offer some cool insight and remembrance into the hard work that the CCC did. And this trail specifically was built by the CCC. So that's why you see a lot of these structures that were developed, as opposed to the the ABCD trails that are on the opposite side of the park and and kind of going to those. I, I did the C trail because... On the opposite side of where you begin on the trail is a CCC dam. And so 
they all connect together. So if you're feeling really adventurous, you can do all four letters. I was just planning on doing the C trail, but when you go counterclockwise, you go towards the D trail. And on the map, it looked like there was a separation there, and I didn't see it. And so I didn't want to cheat. I was like, I, let me just use kind of, I mean, I knew I was on a trail, but eventually I wanted to make sure I was going in the right way, mostly because the, um, my wife and daughter were swimming and I'll get to that in a second, but they were swimming and I had to meet them because it was the day we were leaving. And so I pulled out my phone just to see where I was. And lo and behold, I was already kind of halfway into the D trail by accident. And I said, well, I'm making good time. Let me just hike the D trail. And then so I finished the D trail and man, I give anyone who does this on a mountain bike huge props because there were some dips that and these elevation change that happen on these trails that I was kind of having a tough time just hiking on. I can't even imagine what it's like as a, as a new, <laughs> as someone who just got, and I don't even have, it's a hybrid bike. So it's mostly for like light gravel. Um, but just experiencing that there's been a few hills that I've already been on that I had to kind of bail on backwards because my I couldn't pedal all the way up and I just I saw a few uh couples that were mountain biking and and I was kind of at the end of my trail at that point and I was just really really impressed with with those trails and I know they're rated I know people that mountain bike know of these trails there's some there's some high ratings for for mountain bikers. And I saw a few of them that day. I only saw uh, like two or three other hikers that morning, but yeah, these, these trails are really neat. It, it, it made me miss Bass Drop or made me appreciate Bass Drop a little bit because this is what Bass Drop used to look like. And so it made me a little sad just thinking about that, but I was able to get some really, really cool pictures of the trees and there are two different kinds of trees that are there that look really similar. There's the shortleaf pine, which you're going to see mostly. And, and you can tell that they're the shortleaf pine because the pine cones that come from them are, are really small. And then you have what you see in Bastrop, which is the loblolly pine. And those produced a bigger pine cone. And so that was neat to see the different trees. And then we, you learn a little bit more of what's there on that Whispering Pines, tr Whispering Pine Nature Trail, sorry. And so that was kind of cool, just seeing that and then seeing the different birds. Like I said, you know, when you hike in one part of Texas a lot, you get accustomed to a lot of the wildlife as well. So the... The trails, like I said, there's a couple other smaller ones, and then there's that lakeshore trail that goes around the water, which is which is pretty neat. So there's definitely something for everyone when it comes to hiking. You can do the more experienced hiking in the A, B, C, and D trails, or you can get in just some, some education and some knowledge and learn a little bit more about the CCC. The C and D trail were, I never felt worn out, even though the, the different elevation changes were definitely intense. I just wasn't prepared to do that long of a trail. And kind of going back a little bit that Saturday 
of our weekend adventure, it actually rained. And when it was about to start raining, I was actually fishing. That was one of the things I wanted to do while we were there because of the water. And and so I was I had gone to one of the sections where you can fish. If you if you're interested in fishing, they have two different lighted piers. There's a north part of the lake and a south part of the lake. And they each have their own pier that have lights so you can fish at night. And I I was there and I looked up and I saw the clouds. And then I could kind of hear thunder off in the distance. And I was like, oh boy. And my wife and daughter were swimming. And so Tyler State Park Lake is pretty sizable. And they have this section where the bathhouse is, which is basically just the showers and restrooms. And then there's the boathouse just next to it. And unfortunately, the boathouse was closed. And in between those two buildings was the gift shop, which was really bumming me out because this is there's two state parks now that I'm going to have to figure out how to get lapel pins for Mustang Island and Tyler State Park. So if anyone out there has any extra lapel pins from either one of those state parks, please reach out to me. I will definitely buy them from you. Anyways, so the boathouse is where you can rent your paddle boats, kayaks, stuff like that. And that that was closed. So people that were out on the water brought all their own. But, uh, you know, that being said, there was a lot of people. A lot of people that were there were definitely prepared for what this place had to offer. And so on the lake right in front of the bathhouse, which is, oh, man, it is so awesome the way they designed it. So it's right on the water. And as you walk down from the parking lot, you're greeted by this building. The staircase goes down and right in the middle of either side of the restrooms is this window. And they, this, when the CCC designed it, they designed it specifically to see what you see. And the, the corridor kind of sticks out a little bit. So you can really kind of go into just the beauty of the view and the tree-lined lake and 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 it, it just it's really breathtaking and it was really something that I wanted to kind of soak in for a moment. So when it started raining, we got all of our stuff and that's where we sat during the rainstorm. So the part that sticks out a little bit isn't covered. So we were just next to it. And I, I filmed a, a short little just a little video clip that'll be in my YouTube recap. So stay tuned for that. But just sitting there and just watching the rain hit the water and it was pretty heavy rain and I don't know it just kind of made that whole trip worth it the rain didn't really take anything away the only thing the rain did was the next day when I was hiking on these trails it was just unbearably humid and like I said I wasn't really prepared for I wasn't on this like day long adventure, but I was planning on doing like a mile and a half and ended up doing three and a half miles. So, you know, that's what I was dressed for. And that's how much water I brought. So I had run out of water by about mile 2.87. And thankfully, I was fine. I, I had a big breakfast. So I wasn't I had plenty of energy. And I had just been kind of drinking my water throughout the day. So thankfully, there was no dire situation and and a lot of the trail too you're kind of there are sections of this trail that you're by the road so if i 
if I if I felt things were going downhill, it wasn't going to be far away from just getting back on the main park road. So the lake, I feel like I'm jumping around. Sorry, bear with me. I just I'm fresh with this park, and and I'm just kind of talking about it like I would explain it if we were just chatting. And I hope that's kind of what you get from these conversations. But the 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 lake does have a swimming area. And that's where, I mean, that's where the majority of the people were were hanging out. And there's a lawn that's kind of right in front of this section. And so everyone kind of brought their stuff. We had chairs just that we were using at the campsite. Anyways, so we had kind of our stuff laid out. And it was just, it was fun. Everyone was having a good time. Everyone was hanging out. And there, there wasn't, I mean... There was enough space where people could social distance if they wanted to, but there wasn't, I didn't really feel like there was a need for that so much because of the room. Like none of us were on high alert. There were, there was plenty of space where none of us felt like we were, we were going to get too close. Now, when it started raining, you know, we were a little bit more cautious about kind of where we were in regard to that, but you know i'll i'll save that discussion for another time when it when it comes to the safety and well-being i think the parks are doing what they can to to help facilitate that for people that really want to participate in in and 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 whatnot the grass in front of the lake is definitely really neat there's plenty of space to kind of spread out and and, and put your picnic style they have a couple picnic tables up on the top and then there's a lot of there wasn't a lot of shade there was some shade underneath the trees which was pretty pretty relaxing and this part is also on that lakeshore trail so there are a handful of different day use areas too i'm just kind of thinking of all the different things you can do if you're just there for the day they have these really cool sections that are for day use so basically picnic areas but like I was saying earlier, a lot of it is all around the water. So in the majority of the places that you're going to be hanging out, you're going to have these great views. And on the opposite ends of the lake, one of the things that the CCC did was design these buildings to kind of blend into the landscape. So when you're looking across the water and you're seeing these buildings, they really do feel like they belong there and they don't really stick out like a sore thumb or anything. So... Overall, I really, really enjoyed this this state park. I think it was it was a it's I think it's a place that I'm gonna wanna go to again. And one of the cool things about it is even though the headquarters was closed, and you're not really like it's not like when you're in Bastrop or you kind of feel like you're out, but you can hear the road. Like you really did feel like you were out away from everything. But that being said, like I mentioned earlier. There is a convenience store gas station right across from the park. And so if you forget to bring paper plates or you run out, they have pretty much what you need, which is super awesome. And one of the cool things that they had was they had this really good gelato. And uh, so we, we, we on Saturday, we treated ourselves and we all got a little bit of gelato and sat in the dripping trees because it rained 
and they're so tall. And so just the rest of the the next 12 hours, there were just random water droplets coming from the tree. So that was cool too, just kind of sitting amongst all of the tall trees and just, it, I, I mean, there was a lot of moments where I just sat there and just looked up because I haven't lived in Houston for a long time. And so I don't really have that experience so much. And, and the trees here are or a lot of oak trees are a little bit stumpier. Uh, but yeah, it, it was beautiful, and I, I definitely recommend it. I hope you enjoyed Tyler State Park. If you've never been, go. If you've been, let me know. Find me on the Facebook page, just the Texas Trailhead. I have a post. I just posted the my um, recap on there and you can comment and let me know what you thought about it. Or if there's something that I missed that you think people need to know about too, I'm open for all feedback. So, all right. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Texas Trailhead Podcast. If you like what you heard, please let me know by leaving feedback on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. You can also support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. You can find this on anchor.fm and just search the Texas Trailhead. Still looking for more? Click the links below to find the website, Facebook page, and see pictures from the outdoors on my Instagram page. So until next time, grab your backpack, put on your hiking shoes, and let's go out on another adventure. This is the Texas Trailhead. <laughs>